Hey, boo. Oh my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> so tired. Can I just tell you, Andy went to, um, he, he went out on his lunch break and brought home all of these like snacks and treats. And just from the corner of my eye, I saw like the biggest bag of bugles I've ever seen in my life. I have not had a bugle in years. Well, so I, I caught it in the corner of my eye and I was like, can't be he wouldn't he wouldn't invite something like that into our home (laughs) oh oh no he did (laughs) that thing is living in our house and I've had some exactly how big is this bag like this this big (laughs) okay so for our listeners it's bigger than Amy's head which if you've seen my head you know (laughs) it's big due to her excessively large and intelligent brain and ego. Yeah. <laughs> it was really big. And I, I yelled at him. And then afterwards I was like, give me some now. <laughs> I love that you communicate in your relationship through food in addition to many other ways, but and uh, violence. Yes. Yes. But food, food being a primary <laughs> yeah. way of, of sharing your love. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then I was, I was eating the bugles on the couch I was like, get me some water, chop, chop. But then I was like, microwave the water for like 30 seconds because I'm trying to drink more room temperature water and it it comes straight from the fridge. (laughs) So he comes over and he like serves it to me. And I'm like, I have a great life. This is amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) I'd like to take an informal survey about how many, how many parents say chop, chop, because that is such an Indian thing. Oh no. Yes. Chop, chop. If you chop, are, chop. if you are, yes. uh, if you are a Caucasian and you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to know, <laughs> please post and contact us. If, if one of your parents says chop, chop, because I will fall off my chair. <laughs> if a non-brown parent says chop, chop. Oh my God. Chop, like, chop. And it's always, it's always accompanied with a Flapping of the hand. Chop, chop. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We've, we've got a guest coming into the room. Here she comes. How should we? Oh my God. Is this her? This is is Priya. (gasps) It's Priya. Hold on. Get my video set up here. Yeah, girl. We need to see your face. (laughs) It's part of the agreement. We don't necessarily show it, but. We need to see it. <laughs> Not okay. yet. Our there YouTube channel is. isn't our YouTube channel isn't set up yet. Not yet. <laughs> so the face the face isn't happening yet. But look look at listen, this. Look listen. at this beautiful hair. Wow. The, the, the face the face will go away when when you start laughing hysterically, and you get like that ugly look when you start laughing funny. Oh, you mean my everyday face? <laughs> Oh God. Would yeah. you like would you like to introduce our guest, Amy? Yes. Priya is I like to call her my secret keeper. She has seen me at my absolute worst because she is not only one of my best friends, she's also my hairstylist. 
And like, you know what happens when you go see your hairstylist in a rush? Like something significant has happened in your life. So when she gets that text message from me, like, I need to see you. I need to change everything about my hair. She's like, oh no, what did this girl do now? (laughs) So life changes. Seriously, Priya, I, I feel like you probably meet people, like Amy said, in the most interesting ways. And it is always one of the, one of those things that I can't change anything. I'm going to change my hair. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. Especially like when it's mostly women, when they're going through like a life change, a relationship change, the hair is the first thing that everybody is like, I need to cut it off. I need to change the color. I need something. Even myself personally, when I was going through my divorce, I had really, really long hair. It was like a reddish brown, my natural color. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to chop it off. I cut off 11 inches. Wow. I cut it into a bob. And one of my um, coworkers was like, let's strip your color out. And I was like, okay. Stripped out my color, made it magenta. And I've stuck with it since then. I just changed it from magenta to purple. But... I mean, when I did that, I felt like a whole weight was lifted off. All the bad stuff that I went through was cut off. So I get it. I get it when women come and they're like, this is what I'm going through because I feel like I'm kind of also like their therapist because I have very close relationships with a lot of my clients that they're like, I'm going through this life change. I want to do this. I want to do that. What do you think? Right. I've either, depending on the person, because I've known them for so many years, I'm going to tell them. I don't think we should do it right now. Let's do baby steps because I know with their personality, they're either going to be like, oh my God, what did I do? I wasn't ready. And I can tell by if they're kind of going back and forth with, well, I like this or I like that. And I'm like, okay, we're not doing that today. Wow. That is, that is a serious (laughs) radar that you have to be able to figure that out because I'm sure people come in. I I've definitely done that where I've gone to my hairstylist and like chop it off. And she just looks at me and says, Nope, not today, not today. Right. And then later on, I'm really glad that I didn't. So, <laughs> Well, um, even when we did your hair, when we chopped yours off, I was like, yeah. Oh, what's Are happening? Are you sure? I was like, I was oh, like what? no, it needs to go. Um, so I want to backtrack for a second before we, we go into the deep end here. Sultana and I were kind of posing a question about if you've ever experienced this, like, has anyone in your family ever been like chop, chop, as in hurry up, chop, chop? Is oh that yeah. Like that. And yeah. And I have some clients that I just had one like a couple of days ago where, you know, you can't rush certain things when it comes to your hair. So you can't be like, Hey, I'm going to give you this time for this appointment. And then like an hour later be like, Hey, am I going to be done by this time? Oh my God. Don't do that because it's going to stress me out. And if I don't finish on time and I'm rushing through it and then you don't like the end result then I'm like, okay, that was my fault. Yeah. I bet that happens a lot too. And then I'm also tempted to be like, well, do we need to change your appointment? So I have enough time. And I don't have anybody after you. Wow. So it really is. It makes sense that when you're going through a big life change that you would want to alter something about your appearance. I know for me, usually after a breakup, 
one of the big things I want to do is change the way I look because I want to look in the mirror and I don't want to see the girl who's broken up with. I want to see the girl that all of the best, most amazing, wonderful things are about to happen to. Yeah. And she can't look like the same girl who just got dumped. (laughs) I agree. I agree. You get that confidence back. It's amazing how much confidence your hair will bring you back to like reality and be like, oh, I look good. I can handle anything now. Yes. And, you know, on the flip side, I credit Priya, honestly, for why I'm even married because (laughs) I saw her, I saw her a couple of, I think it was like three days before Andy proposed. And I went to see her because I was like, I want to put, I want to put the purple back in because it had been like, uh, it had been my natural color. We went back to like normal, natural color. And I was like, you know what? I want to, you know, clean it up and I want to put the, the purple back in. And she was like, okay. So I went and got it done. And three days later, Andy popped the question. And it's funny because like when he met me, I had purple hair. So I was like, oh, did I bring you back to the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's, that's a serious calling card, Priya. Yeah. And see now like a lot of people are okay with like doing the funky colors or kind of getting out of like um, out of the box and doing yeah. something completely different than what they're normally used to. It's like, just try it out. You don't like it. We'll fix it. You know, but right. the moment you do it, it's like, Oh, like I have one of my clients, I've always highlighted her and she's been blonde, like most of her life. And she's like, she, sh- she texted me a picture and says, I want to be red. And I was like, okay. So I formulated stuff a couple days before she came in. So I knew what I was going to do on her. We did it. She, it took her a day or so because she was so used to being blonde, but she got so many compliments and it was something out of the box for her. And this girl has the most beautiful green eyes you've ever seen. So that just made it even more, just made her look more exotic. So she was very grateful and she's still having fun with it even now. It's a way of expressing yourself in some ways. And for somebody who may have trouble expressing themselves in other areas of their life, it's a way to be a little bit bolder and push the edges, right? Yeah. For sure. Even with Amy, we did we did your hair a couple of times where we did like the multicolors and yep. the peacock, and, like the yes. three different colors in that same time. That was one of the most fun styles I've ever had. And it was so bold and so in your face. And what I loved about it is because my hair said everything I wanted to say about myself, I didn't feel the need to be as expressive or Mm -hmm. as extroverted. I was able to actually tap more into my introverted self because I was wearing so much of it on the outside. It was a really nice, balance. And then, I I mean, I remember, God, it was almost 10 years ago. I got my pixie cut. I had never done a pixie and I went from like really long hair to like really short. And it brought so much of this boldness out of me. You know, Mm -hmm. I was wearing like, I was wearing like a a bold red lip everywhere I went. (laughs) And that was not something, you know, I got told at a young age. You got, it brought out your sassiness. Yes. 
And um, you might be able to relate to this, but when you are darker skinned, you get told by, you know, helpful women in your family, extended family, whatever, what colors you can and can't wear. Absolutely. Um, Like, oh yeah, no, you can't wear, you can't wear a bold red lip. You can't wear this. You can't wear that. And then it was like somewhere in my thirties, that role got broken where all of a sudden you saw like all these brown women saying, no, we're going to wear whatever we want. And now it's like, wow, I got cheated out of all this time, not embracing expression Mm -hmm. because I was trying to conform to whatever the norm was. Even I felt that way personally too, because when I was going through my divorce, actually, even in my marriage, I was just, I was with a, a terrible person and he always put me down. So that was like, Mm. when I cut off my hair and stripped it out, it brought out such a confidence in me. And then when I started growing it out and I still kept the same color, but that confidence was still there. I was always asked about my hair. I was always complimented about my hair. So then it made me feel good. And it brought back who I was because I lost myself for so many years. And it's amazing just yeah. how little like your hair can do for you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you've been through some things and you've seen some things. Amy was talking about you being her secret keeper and I'm sure you <laughs> fill that role. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about the service industry and the beauty industry and how people in these roles don't really get paid extra for that therapist title, but you sort of become a self-help life coach (laughs) in these roles. How do you approach that? Is it something that you find yourself leaning into and relishing? Is it sometimes awkward and uncomfortable? I mean, what is that like for you? I think it depends on the situation. Like I have, I've had a couple of clients that have gone through some difficult situations. I had one that, you know, she was in an abusive relationship, but she couldn't tell the difference between a good relationship and a bad. And I used my own experience to share with her because she was like triggering things that I had been through. And I said, and I, I think because I was able to share with her what I went through, she kind of realized and where I was currently and the difference because she had seen me from before Mm -hmm. and seeing me now. And she sees that difference. Oh, it's light and day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like light and day. What did I just say? It's like, I'm tired, everybody. I'm tired. Uh, No, it's, it's night and day difference. You, when you were in your marriage, we were friends then. And it was like a couple of the bulbs were out in your room, you know, like you weren't fully able to be seen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like you were in a shadow. And then when you came out, it's like, oh my God, you're in 3D. Like you're fully (laughs) present and bright. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because how I am now is how he was when we were married. And he's the opposite because now he's like me. He's very quiet and reserved and just almost like depressed, but not depressed. But that same personality has changed. I do also have another client that I've done a few times. Her middle daughter had committed suicide. 
and I had heard about it through another client. And this lady used to be completely bubbly and, you know, very talkative, would talk to other people in the shop and stuff. And I never brought it up. I I didn't want to be that type of person to be like, you know, tell me what happened or, you know, I wanted her to say it to me herself. So I, I gave her the chance. So I think it was probably two, three appointments had gone by and towards the middle of it, she just seemed a little bit downer than normal. And so I said, Mm -hmm. are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm doing okay. And she's like, but I want to tell you something. I'm like, sure, tell me. And she's like, my um, daughter passed away a few months ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So she explained to me what had happened. And Mm -hmm. she confided in me in a lot of stuff. And she also, I think because her family didn't feel the same way in a certain things that she wanted to do, that I kind of helped her in that process. She wanted to speak to a medium. She felt that if she spoke to a medium, that that would help her with closure. Right. And I had actually asked Amy if she knew anybody to be able to help her. But this lady even like she couldn't even tell her husband that she was going to go. I said, take a friend with you. And, you know, at least you have closure and for yourself. And I said, if nobody's willing to go with you, I'll go with you. And she was like, really, you'll go with me. And I said, absolutely. I said, if this helps you, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll take you there and you talk to whoever you need to talk to. So she was very appreciative of it and stuff. And now she seems to be doing a lot better. It's been a few years now. But, um, but things like that, you just never know what people are going through. Yeah. How does it feel for you? You know, I mean, you're, when you think about it energetically, like your hands are on their head, right? Their head is like, that's where all the stuff, all the stuff energetically is stored there, you know, crown chakra, right? Mm-hmm. Third eye, all of it. And you're in there and are you feeling their stuff? How do you, how do you ground? How do you take care of yourself? How do you set boundaries? You know, like how do you walk away from work, not feeling completely drained? Mm, good question. I think I'm able to separate it. And I, and I think when I'm booking people to know what their situations are. So I know, okay, I know what they're probably going to talk to me about today. So let me put them on this day where I have a little bit of extra time. Mm-hmm. And I've known my people for so long, and I know everything that's happening in their lives. Right. So I'm able to pinpoint and, you know, after a really tense day, or, you know, I'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> I was thinking about it because my hairstylist, who's been my hairstylist the entire time I've been in DC, she was the person who did my hair when I went out on the first date with my later on husband. And she was the first person to do my hair after I finalized my divorce. Mm. and you know she was there at the beginning she was there throughout as things changed over the many years and she was there at the end to say you know you're doing the right thing I support you and um and helping me in my journey along the way so I think it's amazing that you can be there for people in these hard steps I was thinking about I looked at this quote because I was thinking about it as you were talking um, because I love what you're saying about sharing your own story and it's 
the quote is, tell the story of the mountain you climbed. Your words could become a page in someone else's survival guide. I remember reading that. And I think sometimes vulnerability is one of these words that it gets interpreted in so many ways. But I think in the best way possible, it happens in these ordinary everyday circumstances with people that can be objective sources. Sometimes we want that vulnerability from our friends or from our family. We don't always get it, but Mm -hmm. from our hairstylist, from our esthetician, from our, you know, um, who knows the, the cashier at the grocery store that you see, uh, people that you encounter in these everyday circumstances of life can sometimes be the most profound experiences and can give you words of inspiration when you need it most. Um, and it sounds like what you did for your client about that medium, the fact that she didn't have a safe space to talk with anybody about that, but you were able to be your safe space and whether or not you ended up going with her just to be able to offer that to her so that she felt validated in saying, this is what I need. It's not something my family approves of, but I need it to have peace. That's incredible Priya. And I think also the other part of that too was you know, she's a mother, I'm a mother. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I would hope that, you know, God forbid anything were to happen to my child. But, you know, if I'm in that situation, I have somebody that would do it for me, you know, or just be there because honestly, you don't know what people are going through at any given point. Like somebody could be just having a bad day and, you know, just a little, a blow dry would make their day. (laughs) It's interesting too, because one of the things I know about you is you are honestly one of the most open-minded, patient, accepting people. And I, I wonder if in part it's because you have such exposure to such a diverse group of people that maybe ordinarily, like you wouldn't be friends with these people, you know, in real life, right? It, just because of your profession, you're having all of these different people sit in your chair and you're hearing all their stories. And so when you have that, it must force you to take pause and think no one would ever know to look at this person that this is what they were going through, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's a really amazing, you know, that's a really amazing skill that you have now that, you know, you can impart on your, on your child and remind other people. I, I have a friend who listens to this podcast and we used to work together. And I remember when I got my hair done with all of the different colors and um, the, the peacock style, and she was coming out of the bathroom and I was going in and we kind of like had one of those moments where we paused outside and we were just like, catching up and talking and she was looking at my hair. She's like, Oh my God, your hair looks so beautiful. I wish I could do something like that. And she's so cute. And she's got like, she, at the time she had like really cute blonde hair, short, short blonde hair. And for whatever reason, she just felt like it wasn't something that she could push the boundary on doing. And there are a number of reasons why, but I remember I was like, you can totally do this. Like, Oh my God, you, it will look so, so cute on you. And then years later she did it and she's still wearing it and it's incredible on her like it looks better (laughs) on her than I feel like it ever looked on me (laughs) like it just it fit her and it's like you don't know 
how you feel until you see it on someone else sometimes. It's like mm-hmm. you see that bold person doing that bold thing and you think like, oh, they're a badass. <laughs> you don't know what it took for them to make that decision. You don't know what journey of pain or sorrow they went on to say, I need to take something that's inside of me and put it out mm-hmm. in a nonverbal way. Right. And how cool is it like that you get to be part of that transformation, you know, like you're the one who's like helping the caterpillar turn into this colorful butterfly or, you know, whatever. That's definitely one of the things that I love about my job is that seeing the before, seeing the after and just seeing everybody's reaction to their hair and they're like, oh my God, is this my hair? You know, even when you chopped yours off and just, I was like, you need to videotape Andy when he sees <laughs> your hair. But I got a text message like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there were no complaints. In <laughs> <laughs> what are some tips on how to be a better listener? Because I feel like part of what makes you really great at just holding that space for your clients is your listening skills? Hmm. I don't know. I think it's just also getting to know somebody at first, probably listening. I, I like to at least start every conversations with what do you like to do? And then once you get people talking, they'll just start automatically saying things. And then you kind of just listen to, I, at least maybe it's just me, but the tone of their voice, or if it's like over time, they're saying the same things. You know, there's a, a website for hairstylists behind the chair.com. And they've actually even said for hairstylists to look out for clients who are actually victims of domestic violence and to see with their behavior, body language, if they're trying to say something to you, because majority of the time that's there are people that are victims of domestic violence that will actually come to a hairstylist and they will tell them that they need help. Mm -hmm. I've never experienced anything like that, but there seems to be like a lot of cases where people are, are seeing certain things and they know what to look for. The signs, Mm -hmm. whether it's an unexplained bruises or someone's sort of behavior or how they're acting the shame, all of that. Yeah. And especially if it's somebody you've seen so many times and all of a sudden their behavior is different, you kind of want, and depending on how close you are, you know, be like, you know, what's wrong? Talk to me. You know, even if you want to go outside where there's not, you know, earlier when I was working in a salon with a lot of people, let's go outside. Tell me what's going on, you know? And I go outside so other people wouldn't hear the conversation if that was an issue. That makes a lot of sense. What is your least favorite aspect of your job? People who are just mean. Like people who, I guess it would be mean and just expecting too much in the first uh, appointment because a lot of things could take multiple times. Don't have high hopes. Don't come in with, you know, dark hair and want to be platinum in a day. (laughs) Does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Or send me or send me pictures on Pinterest and be like, I want my hair to look like this. A lot of times it's editing, lighting, extensions, 
you yeah. know, you have to think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, what, so this is, okay, the real reason I wanted you on this podcast is because I want you to share with our listeners everything you wish they knew that they just don't. About hair. Oh, oh yes. Specifically hair. <laughs> hair and, and interacting with your stylist and, and that, that whole relationship. Like tipping, we've talked about this. Expectations around tipping and, you know, all of it. I'm trying to think. Tipping, I feel like is, you know, whatever you feel is the right amount is up to you. You know, a lot of people will just say, is this much okay? And I'm not going to say yes or no. It's basically however much you like your hair, just tip your stylist that way. And don't forget us during the holidays, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Don't use products that are at Target. If you can buy from your stylist. Because okay, a lot of you times, need to, yes, we need more information on this. <laughs> okay, so stuff that's products that are at like TJ Maxx, Ross, Target, a lot of these are significantly old products and a lot of them may be diluted and they're not going to work on your hair properly. And a lot of these products actually should not be in these places to begin with. Buy from your stylist. Your stylist will tell you what is good for your hair. You want to use the right products because especially when you have the purple, like I have in my hair, I use a a good brand shampoo because I know it's going to fade, but Mm. I want to keep the color as vibrant as possible. And for as long as possible too. Right. That's a really good point. I never even thought about the shelf life of the product. There was actually a few years ago, a Paul Mitchell product that was actually in the grocery store and it turned this lady's hair green (sighs) because of what was actually in it. Somebody changed the product and they used the packaging and, you know, she was a blonde, but it turned her hair green from using it. It was like a shampoo or something. Wow. And that's, and then I think during that time, Paul Mitchell, you know, they fight with the companies that take our product off your shelf. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. definitely buy your products from your stylist. Whatever you need, you tell us and we will get it for you. (laughs) So what about um, fee structure? So I know sometimes I'm sure people have strong feelings about how much (laughs) they have to pay for a service and Mm -hmm. they have expectations for how much it should cost. So what, what do we, as the, the person with the hair <laughs> need to know or should know about you, the person who takes care of the hair? So for me right now, I rent my room. So I'm paying a rent on a weekly basis. I'm buying all my product. So my prices are also including everything that I'm having to pay for to keep myself afloat the overhead yes because earlier you know when you work for somebody and you're in a a salon environment and there's other people working it's the owner's responsibility Mm -hmm. right now if your majority of people now are going into salon suites so that person is responsible for everything Mm -hmm. so that is how right now 
my prices are based on. Right. That makes sense. You're an entrepreneur. Yes. And that's not something I think people necessarily would, would think about right off the bat. But as I'm considering it, I remember, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was a kid and some of the women that were mothers of friends who were hairstylists and had salons in their home and I never really stopped to think about it later on, but they were able to create a life for their children, their families, pay their bills, but they were entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know? And see a lot of times like, okay, I can say for my people, my Brown people, I love you guys, but a lot <laughs> of times there'll be people that'll be like, you know, you're Indian, I'm Indian. You should help me out. Like say it, say it the way they actually say it. Say it, come on, be real. Say it the way they actually say it. Priya, you should give me discount because you cut my hair. So you please give me discount. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't. I can't. That's so good. So yeah, I get that a lot. They'll be like, come on, Priya, you can give me a discount. But you should still be like supporting your friends, whatever. And a lot of people like I have a lot of friends that are hairstylists, too. And they feel the same way, too, that, yes, I'm your friend, but I'm running a business. I'm a single mom. I have a kid to take care of. So I have to be able to make enough income to support the both of us. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Tip your stylist, people. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of the things that women want to do with their hair cost money. And And it's also the technique, you know, a lot of techniques are different. It's a lot of, it's a lot of time. We're also doing further education to educate ourselves to make sure we know all the new techniques, like the balayages. That's like a new type of technique. There's the money pieces where the pieces in the front are lighter, but blend in with everything else. Those are things that we're taking the time out of our schedules to learn. We're going to classes. We're, you know, every year, uh, the first weekend in June, they have the hair show Mm -hmm. in the convention center for two days, three days, they have classes. So, you know, if you go down that area, you're going to see a lot of hairstylists where they are keeping up with their education. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's something that I've often heard from other fields that when you are paying someone's salary, you are not just paying them for the time that they're spending working on your, mm-hmm. you know, your assignment, you're, you're paying them for all of the education that they mm-hmm. took to get to that point. That's right. And it's totally valid. Mm-hmm. Totally like, it's valid. funny because there was a meme that said, people will not have a problem paying $500 for eyelashes. And we have eyelashes when we were born. Yeah. (laughs) But you'll complain about your hair costing you $200. Right. The way I justify it is how often am I really getting my hair done? Right. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's maybe for me, it's like maybe three times a year. Most of the time, I'm not just going in for like a trim. The times mm-hmm. that I go in for a trim, it's not expensive, right? But if I'm sitting in your chair for four hours, that's four hours. Mm-hmm. 
that's four hours. What would I want to be paid if I was working <laughs> on something for four hours that involved labor and materials? It's a lot. Right. Yeah. What, this is your, this is your uh, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of fame it's on our Just Chai podcast. So what do you, what else do you wish people knew about their hair? The aftercare, after you go to get your hair done, you want to still take care of it afterwards. The good shampoos, the good right. products, the good blow dryers, curling irons, all those things make a difference. Because everybody always says, wow, you make my hair so nice and soft when I leave here, but I don't get the same results when I'm home. Yeah. You know, ask your stylist. Everybody has different hair types. They're going to give you the right products. And a lot of the products that I use on my clients, I'm using on myself. Sure. So when they say, wow, your hair looks really good. Well, this is what I use. Yeah. And you know, you know, when they, when they see that and I said, you know, try it out, you don't like it. We'll find something else for you. Right. But it's just taking care of your hair. Yeah. My hair's up in a bun right now. I washed it this morning and <laughs> I used the shampoo that you told me to use. Good job. Thank Good you. Job. Thank you very much. Amy, I've I, been waiting this whole time for you to pull your hair out of that bun and shake it out. Are you want, is that is that what you want? That, give it to us. That, give it to is us. Is that what you want? Is oh yeah, want? work yeah. it, work it. Uh, it's um, so pretty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I agree. It, this is an investment in self care. This is your body. This is growing from the top of your head. You should take care of it. You know, and everyone takes care of their hair differently. Everyone washes their hair differently. Like you know. I remember when I was growing up, it was like, oh, you have to wash your hair every day, every other day. And then it slowly has started extending out. Now, if I mm -hmm. make it a whole week without washing it, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should celebrate. This is great. I'll just share, like, I have really bad dandruff. I have always had really bad dandruff. Now it's to the point where it, it's embarrassing sometimes. And it, it flares up. There are times of the year where it's worse. And then like, if I'm really stressed out or if I haven't been eating right, you know, my whole physical pH balance is off. And it is humiliating sometimes to like, look on your shoulder and be like, oh crap. You know, and when you have dark hair, it shows up. So I like, I did all this research and then I found like, oh, some people were saying if you put a couple of drops of tea tree oil in your shampoo and then use that. It's like an antifungal. So it will kind of mm -hmm. fix the, the balance on the, on the scalp. So I've been doing that a little bit. That's helped. I went to Ulta and they recommended this product. God, I forget the name of it. Paul you Mitchell know, has this shampoo too, the tea tree okay. shampoo. Yeah. But there are all of these, there are all of these products, all these things out there. And then I think about like my mom, my mom uses box hair dye. She no. always has. She always has because she doesn't feel like, I, I know I've talked to her about this. She's like, it's not worth it. Mm. And she's like that whole thing of like, she's not worth spending the, you know, 60 to hundred dollars it would cost to get it done, do her, do her hair. But then at least if you're going to do the box dye, at least get away from box dye and go to Sally's and buy like yeah. the two color and the developer. At least that's a little bit better than the box dyes. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just, 
everybody's in a different place with their relationship with themselves and how much they feel like it's worth investing Mm -hmm. in themselves. There is going to come a point I know where she's going to say like, I'm not tying my hair anymore. I'm done. Yeah. And she prematured grayed, like she started graying in her twenties. So I've had clients that have grown out their gray, like since COVID and quarantine and stuff. Yeah. You know, they have the shorter hair so they can pull it off. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I really like the gray hair, you know, the, for the, the women that are embracing it, I think it's it's, beautiful. There are some really great hair movements about embracing gray hair, which I think are excellent. Are there, um, certain foods that you should eat or avoid eating that can improve hair health? Just eating healthy, drinking lots of water, fruits, vegetables. Those are the really good things for your hair. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Do it yourself. Hair masks. Yeah, even mm-hmm. taking olive oil with a piece of cotton and on your scalp, dabbing it at the roots and then just oh, taking okay. sections and dabbing it and do your whole head. And when you've done it, come to the bottom and put some. Don't fully saturate it. And then actually massage your head. Mm-hmm. Give your head like a scalp a massage and that'll help. If you can, leave it for at least two hours. If you can overnight and wash it, do it like once a week and your hair will feel really good. Yeah. I remember when I was in India, this was, God, it was one of my trips to India. You know, we had our, our scalps professionally massaged. Mm -hmm. And then I remember growing up as a kid, you know, each one of us would sit on a different step on the stairs, you know, and it would be like the train train of hair massages going on. (laughs) And um, it's definitely ingrained in our culture too to do that hair mm-hmm. is a source of pride yeah for sure for sure Priya we appreciate you joining us and talking to us about hair all things oh, hair yeah. thank you yes as we all play with our hair towards the end <laughs> <laughs> I personally want to thank you for all of the love and magic you've poured into my scalp <laughs> you're welcome and so does Andy Sure. <laughs>